Here we are now, with another episode of the Andrew Lake Podcast. If you are a regular listener of the Andrew Lake Podcast, please share your favourite episode, as this will help me find my audience. It will help to find the people who are ready to hear what we are talking about here. And today, I'd like to share with you an emotional profiling blueprint. Oh, it's a bit of a tongue twister. Emotional profiling blueprint. Now, an emotional profile is something I've talked about many times before. And here, I really want to drill into the details and give examples of what that means We can talk about how it applies to all aspects of life. And you can go away with a blueprint as what you can do to, or where to start for, creating your own emotional profile. So this is the sort of episode you want to listen with a piece of paper and a pen nearby so you can write down the categories, write down your ideas, and then in your own time, flesh it out and work out how to get into your own emotional profile. Now, we call it an emotional profile, but it actually goes deeper than emotions. It's actually more like an experiential profile. And you'll understand that as we go through, as I show you some of the descriptions that we use. And... We can distinguish between emotions and feelings and experiences and sensations and subjective phenomena and all these things, and that's great. But essentially, today, we're just going to make those all the same thing. It's just, it's just basically a simple inquiry into how you are, a simple picture or a snapshot of how you are and how your life is. And the core of it is self-knowledge. The core of it is finding out what you are, how you are, what you do, how you feel. And the tricky thing about self-knowledge is that, well, yourself or your life or who you are is a little bit elusive. It tends to have a way of escaping you at times. So this emotional profiling blueprint is a tool that you can use to make some way on that tangible way. When we meditate, we sit down on our cushion and we inquire. That's great. That's experiential. But the trap that can occur there is that it's too fluffy. It doesn't get into the tangible, gross, solid growth that you want in your psychology and in your mentality and all those good things. So, emotional profile blueprint or emotional profiling. There are a few different categories that I've got and this is non-exhaustive. You can create your own categories. And each category, I've come up with 
a few sections to them. But again, you can make your own sections to them, depending on, and and it will be adaptable to your lifestyle and to who you are. And you'll know, you'll be able to see from each category how you make each section or each subcategory. And essentially what we're talking about is a list of questions. So it's a list of 30 questions or so or more. And you populate the blueprint by answering the question. And you answer the question not with a lot of words. You answer it very simply with only a few words or one sentence or even just one word will do. And you write that down, preferably in your journal or somewhere, somewhere where you'll remember to go back over it. You put a date on it. And then that's the profile snapshot. And then you wait. And then you give it some time. You let it age. And your profile or who you are is something that morphs over time, gradually, in different ways. And you can, well, go back again and do another emotional profile. And you can also reflect on the one that you've done in the past to see how you were and how things have changed. So you could use this as a journal blueprint in a sense, but it's a little bit different to a journal blueprint because maybe we can cover that in a separate episode. But there are, there are a lot of different foundational things that differentiate an emotional profile blueprint to a journal blueprint or journal writing or introspection or contemplation or creative writing or active writing or contemplating through writing. These, these are two different things. So maybe we'll put that as a conversation we can have on another day, which will be the journal blueprint. And you probably don't need much help with that. I mean, journals are quite straightforward and there's a lot of resources already out there on what you can do to write your own journal. So the emotional profiling blueprint. Here we go. Category number one. Time of day. How do you feel during the time of day? What is your emotion at the time of day? And you can break this into a few different times of day. And this is how I do it. When I wake up. In the morning time. Before midday. After lunch. And in the evening. So when I wake up is when I'm still in bed. I'm coming out of my dream state and I haven't opened my eyes and I say, well, how do I feel? Do I feel stiff? Do I feel refreshed? Do I feel cold? Do I feel gluggy? Do I feel 
optimistic. And then we have in the morning. What is the morning time like for you? Well, it depends on what you're doing. Do you feel busy? Do you feel a sense of urgency? Do you feel distracted? And then I've got before midday. So this is high morning. And I think for a lot of people, that time of day is the most active time of day. Because your day is underway and you've got your energy levels up. And if your circadian rhythms are following the conventional sunset, sunrise, and you're sleeping in standard hours, well then in the morning time around 11 o'clock, 10, 10, 11 o'clock, that's when your energies are the highest levels. And that's when you're most productive. So you might say, I feel productive during that time of day. And then we've got after lunch. So lunch break. Everyone has some sort of lunch break or a meal. Or it might be that, well, you skip lunch sometimes. And you say, well, how do you feel after lunch time when you skip lunch? That can be a nuance that you can put in there. But how do you feel after lunch? And you start to see that within this, you, you are making the distinctions of different times of day, of how you feel different things throughout the time of day. Because you'll see, ah, well, this is how I felt in the morning. This is how I felt before midday. And this is how I feel after lunch. How is it different after lunch to before midday? Is it different? Or is it exactly the same? You can say it's exactly the same. And I believe if you're really if you're really looking at yourself closely and experientially, then you'll see that there's a difference. And then we have in the evening. How do you feel in the evenings? What do you do in the evenings? And how does that make you feel? Is there something that's a regular thing? That happens for you in the evening. And that's category one of the emotional profiling blueprint, which is time of day. So you want to write out how you feel at different times of the day. And before we go any further, I'll just say that with some of these, you can answer them generally, and with others, you want to answer specifically. And how you apply those two kinds of answers will be depending on what the question is and how you feel about them. But allow me to explain. The general answer is when you sort of hear the question, or how do you feel in the evenings, you sort of think back, oh, the last couple of evenings, and you're sort of generally thinking, oh, I usually do this. What What is a normal evening, and what is this sort of thing that happens, and it's how long has it been going on? It's sort of a it's sort of wishy washy. Now, if the answer comes easily for that kind of answer, then it's okay. You can give an, a general answer. You say, generally in the evening, I feel this. Or such and such. Now, if it's hard to pin down, if it's a bit more tricky, then what you do is you give a specific answer. And that means, well, 
How did you feel last evening? How did you feel yesterday? Or how did you feel today? How did you feel at this one time? So it's not general, it's specific. So you're doing time of day. And actually these two threads of general and specific, you can put through all of these. You can say specifically, you can pick a specific date and do an entire emotional profile for one day. And then that will be just that day. And that can be very accurate. That can be very revealing. But just keep that in mind. The general answer and the specific answer. And they're both useful in different ways. Category number two, activities I do. So for this I've put work. How do you feel when you're at work? Exercise. How do you feel when you exercise? You can also put how do you feel about exercise? What are your feelings around exercise? Hobbies. Recreation. And administration. And administration is just my word for those things in life which you just organize in there. Things you've got to do which you don't really want to do. It's your paperwork. It's your personal organization. Those sorts of things. So how do you feel at work? You feel stressed? You feel empowered? You feel supported? You feel motivated? You feel a sense of achievement, a sense of pride. You feel a sense of worth from your work. When you're at work, do you feel a sense of frustration or a sense of pointlessness? You feel like it doesn't really make any much difference what you do anyway. Oh, it's all the same at the end of the day anyway. Why am I even doing this? Well, if that's part of your emotional profile, then you write it down. And then exercise. Well, exercise can come from guilt. You can beat yourself up and say, should I be doing more exercise? I really need to be doing exercise. I need to get in shape. I need to get fit. Or I need to feel good about my body. And then your hobbies. Well, usually your hobbies you feel pretty good about. Hobbies are those things you do feel good about. What's that thing that you just love to do? There's no ambition to it. There's no competition to it. It might be a social activity. Well, it could be something like sports. I mean, sports can come under recreation. But hobbies, well, I'd hope that your hobbies are something you feel good about. (laughs) That's why they're hobbies. And then recreation is very similar. And administration, well, how does it feel to do your paperwork? How does it feel to get your things organized? And that's the category of activities I do. Now, for you, you might find that 
these activities or these things that you do, well, you don't do them. And you have other big things that you do. You might not have hobbies. You might have sports as a category or any other number of things. Just think of a category. You can come up with your own. And now we come to category number three, which is the places I go. So this is your emotional profile by place. And you want to be you want to be specific as you can with this. So choose a specific building or a specific institution or a specific whatever. Certain things occur within certain places. So your exercise is done at the gym, for example. And you might be that you've covered exercise in the activities you've done. So here we go for some places that you might use as subcategories. Home, the shops, work, institutions, such as where you learn things, if you're learning music or you're learning from university, from a tertiary education or remedial education or any social activities. You might have dance class or pony club. How do you feel at pony club? It's a very specific place, pony club. And then also travel. So travel is sort of a funny one because it's not a specific place, but you can make it a category unto itself. How do you feel when you're traveling? And it might be that that is too broad and you have to choose something specific. You might say, well, what, what was that one holiday you did on that specific place, that specific country, that specific time, at that one hotel or resort that you went to? How did you feel there? What were the emotions that went for you? And you can go into that into more detail if you remember a lot about that holiday. But remember, for many of these, for most of these, you just want to have one word. I felt relaxed on holidays. Or I felt happy on holidays. It could be something very simple. And at home, well, that's another one. How do you feel at home? What are the sort of feelings you have at home? And you can get a sense of this. The best way I've found to get a sense of how you feel at home is to notice the change in your feeling when you arrive home and when you leave home. So just as you walk in the front door, that feeling. What's that feeling? So that's, so that's a very good example of making this place more specific. So you could say this third category, places I go, or just places. Instead of putting home, you could put the front door the front door of your house. Or if you drive a car, the driveway. So when you pull your car into the driveway, how do you feel? And you could have two sections for that, when you arrive and when you leave. And that will be very revealing. If you remember that, and if you write that down, how do you really feel? And for a lot of these, well, for all of these, when... 
there's an assumption. There's an assumption of a certain amount of self-knowledge for populating this blueprint. And the good thing about this blueprint is that it actually, it sort of works back and forth. Because some of these you'll come up to the question, you'll think, well, I have no idea. I've never thought about that. I've never thought about exactly how I feel when I walk in the front door. But now that we've asked the question, or now that you've tried to put something down, the next time it will happen, then you'll remember, or sometime in the future, you'll remember. And then it will become easier, and you'll take time to actually inquire into it. And then your answers, your answers to these questions will become more real, they'll become more close to your being. They'll become more true. And then it will feed back again into another blueprint that you fill out later on. So keep that in mind for these. Okay, fourth category. The food that I eat. And I've written breakfast, snacks, junk food, healthy food, and too much food. So when I eat breakfast, I feel warm. When I eat snacks, I feel like it's a chore that I have to do just to make me not feel hungry. I don't really care too much for snacks. It's just something I do because I'm peckish, which I guess is the definition of a snack. (laughs) When I eat junk food, well, I feel gluggy. I feel a bit a bit less sharp when I eat junk food. And when I eat healthy food, well, I feel confident. And when I eat too much food, I feel stuffed. So, making notes on how you feel about eating is a very good way to start to build your relationship with food. I actually do have some alternate questions or some further ways of looking at food. And instead of just the types of food, like healthy food or junk food, then you can delve into more of the details of the process of food and your relationship with it. So, for example, take a listen to some of these questions. How do I feel when I am hungry? How do I feel when I am eating? How do I feel after a meal? Or how do I feel when I finish a meal? How do I feel when I'm digesting a meal? How do I feel when it's in my stomach? How do I feel when it's going down? And how do I feel when I'm excreting the meal, when I go to the toilet? So that's a little bit different. It's a little bit of a more direct experiential questions or more close to the experience of eating. And they're all important. And they all will reveal things. And you have to be honest. It might be, well, when you're eating, you feel like you're in a hurry. You feel a sense of urgency. And when the meal is done, I feel like I have to get up straight away from the table. And it might be that you've never actually 
considered how it feels to be digesting a meal. And you can ask yourself, well, some meals digest easier than others. And is it a, is it a common phrase to you to say, oh, that meal didn't digest very well. I'm not digesting that very well. Now, that should be something that is in your toolkit. That is a phrase that should be in your personal phenomenon experiencing toolkit. Because you are going to have meals that you don't digest well. And you do need to be aware of what it feels like to have meals go down that don't digest well. And just knowing that phrase helps just being aware of that. And it could be that now that you know that phrase, you start to work out, well, what does it mean? And then you start saying it and you think, well, I actually say that quite often. Maybe I need to change what I need to eat because so much of what I eat doesn't digest very well. And digestion is a big one. Digestion has so much in it. Food and digestion is a huge category. And it does come up in the emotions. It plays a heavy part in the emotions. You feel defeated. You feel hopeless. You feel bored. You feel nihilistic. Well, actually, all those things have a, an origin in food and digestion. You feel deflated. You feel like giving up. You feel distracted. You feel hyperactive. You feel frustrated. Well, take a look at what you've been eating. And how long ago was it the meal... Was the, the, the feeling and the eating, this is why we do, this is why we cover the whole process of eating, of, of digestion. Because the connection between the food and the feeling, or the food and the emotion, is never ABC. It might be that a lack of food, or a certain kind of food, is what's giving you the feeling. And you've got that addiction that you've developed to the food. You've developed a dependency on that food. It might be that your taste buds are too much used to fatty foods or sugary foods or salty foods. And this all plays a part in your emotions. Okay, category number five, things I think about. So this one's very personal. And it's good self-knowledge to be able to just sit down and pick, pick four or five things that you think about on a regular basis. And even in that in itself can be very revealing. What are the couple of things you think about? What do you think about? What are the things you just generally happen to have bouncing around in your head over and over again. Now, I've written some easy examples 
that you might want to use in your emotional profiling blueprint. So, things I think about, for example, climate change and the existential problems of our globe. Things I think about yesterday. Things I think about tomorrow. Now, with yesterday and tomorrow, we could have said the past and the future. And if that works for you, then you can write that. You can write about the past and the future. You can say what you feel about the past and the future. But I find they're too much, they're too general. There are too many feelings. Because remember, these answers, the answers you want to these questions will be simple. You want them to be very short. And if you say, well, how do you feel about the future? Well, you can say it in a few words and say, oh, I feel worried about it. Or I feel optimistic about it. But really, they're such big things. You're going to have the sense that you want to say a bit more. You want to have a collection of feelings. Well, I feel optimistic about the future and I'm worried about it. Both my personal future and the future of my countrymen or fellow beings or fellow forms of life on this globe. So that's a big one. So how do you, how do you feel about yesterday? Do you, do you know what you did yesterday? You might feel, oh, that was a waste of time. Yesterday, I feel like it was a waste of time. Yesterday, I feel... How I feel about yesterday is that I wasn't very productive. Or I should have done more. Or I'm fed up with falling into my old habits again. Yesterday, I fell into my old habits and that made me feel fed up. And tomorrow, how do you feel about tomorrow? Well... I feel optimistic. I feel determined. I feel very determined to get back onto my routine. I feel determined to do things right and be productive. And that's just some examples. So other things I think about. Something I regret saying. Or something I regret doing. How do you feel about that? And you could say, well, I feel regretful. I feel very bad. Well, write that down. That's part of the profile. What do you think about what others say about me? Or you? And pick something specific. Pick something that you can remember, that someone has said something about you. That person said this about you, and I feel, or this person said this about me, and I feel sad about it. I feel ashamed about it. Or I feel happy about it. Or I feel pride about it. And that's part of your profile. And now we come to the sixth category. And this is the final category that I've got. But you can come up with your own categories, as I mentioned earlier. 
And category six is people I am with. And this is a big one. This is a complex one. This is probably one that's too hard to, well, it's tricky to, for some people to put it into general things. You might need a collection of specific things that you feel around certain people. And the categories or the subcategories, I've written parents, siblings, a friend, a significant other or a partner, and strangers or someone new. And with these, you do want to be specific. You want to pick your specific, either your mother or your father or your specific brother or sister or your specific friend or your significant other. Just pick one of your significant others if you have multiple. (laughs) And pick a specific stranger. When was the last time you had an encounter with a stranger? When was the last time you had an interaction with someone who you hadn't really met before and you had some words back and forth? And how did you feel about that? And if you really think about what was said in that situation and where you were and how you acted and what you said, and you can get a sense of how you felt back then. The feeling will return to you. And that will be you starting to navigate into your feelings. And in the cases of a friend, well, you might feel lots of things with a friend because you do lots of things together. You talk about these things and you do these things and you have this fun and you share these stories and you've done so many things over the years and there are frustrations and there are joyful times and there are playful times, there are silly times and there are arguments, there are disagreements and, well, that's what friends are for, aren't they? And in the case of the friend, well, maybe you can... Do it sort of like the front door of the house. How do you feel right when you see that friend? Or right when that friend comes to mind? You don't have to to analyze what's happening. Well, I mean, always watch yourself, but it doesn't really matter when. (laughs) How do you feel when that friend comes to mind? And it might be the feeling that's within you. And it could actually also be the feeling that is in them. You could be sensing their feeling. What is their general emotional profile? Because that does also wear off on you. That comes into you as a part of your being. And your friends are your friends because they resonate with your emotional profile in a certain way. And probably even more so, your significant other. Your partner is someone who has similar feelings to you and also a variation which is pleasing to you. They have the feelings you don't have but you want. And that's why you're attracted to each other. And really the whole game of the significant other is 
well, the overlaying of two emotional profiles. And you could actually turn this, well, you could turn this into a couple's technique or a couple's blueprint where you write out your emotional profile and your partner does too and then you compare notes and then you can objectively go through things and you can bring intimacy into it and you can we we could create a whole subcategory of just the in, the significant other or the partner you can say how do you feel when we do this or how do we feel at this time of day how do we feel when we're apart Well, how do I feel when I'm away from you? And speak for yourself. And you can have, you could probably have two versions. You'd probably see that there's the version of the shared feelings and the unshared feelings. And in the shared feelings, well, you can say that it applies to us. We feel. And in the feelings that aren't shared, you can say, well, that doesn't apply to us. That's me versus you, you and I. There is no us. And emotional profiling with people is very complex because you do feel a lot of things around them. And so for this sixth category, it's best to choose something specific. So choose a specific place, a specific time, specific thing that was said when you were with this person and then write down how you felt in that one moment when you said this I felt this when we were at the cafe I felt this that time we were down at the beach I felt this And so on. Choose your own specifics. Populate it with your own examples. Your own situations. And you can see that that's actually... The, the speaking of that, like if you were to speak like that, it would show a high degree of emotional intelligence. Which is all this is. This is all this emotional profiling is. It's emotional intelligence. And if you were to approach issues with that kind of intelligence, you would be a lot more objective about it. You'd say, when you felt, when, when you said like this, or when you said this, I felt like this. Or when we were talking at that time in that place, I felt like this. And of course, you do need someone to be open to those sorts of discussions. I mean, emotional intelligence is a two-way street. All sharing, all wisdom, all knowledge, all insight is a two-way street because there's always someone who says it, but there's always needing also someone to hear it. And if you'd practice that, well, you can actually do it in real time as well. You can say, how do you feel right now? How do you feel in this situation? Can you get a sense of it? 
And can you really not, not rush it? Don't rush your answer. Just take a moment to sense it in your body, in your blood, with the touch of your skin, the air, the atmosphere around you, the things you can see, the sounds that are happening. Really become present. Really take the time. And include your mind. What are you thinking about? What is the voice in your head saying? And how do you feel about it? How would you sum up how you feel right now in just a few words? Or even just one word? What's the one word that describes how you feel right now? And if you want to be specific, you can create another, we can create another category of, uh, and I've mentioned this before, but I'll say it again here. This is another idea for emotional profiling, which is that you can have a timer that goes off. So you set an alarm at random times of day, and then you make a note of how you feel at that time. And that's the blueprint. That's the emotional profiling blueprint. So you answer the questions, put a date on it, and then you wait. You give it some time. And if there are things in there that you find which you want to change, well, then you can address that. If you think, well, I'm always frustrated at work, or I'm always fed up at work. Well, that's an issue you need to deal with. Or if I'm always, I'm always stiff in the morning, I'm always gluggy in the morning when I wake up or in the morning. Well, then that's something you need to look at too. And just by being aware of it, well, then you're making a step towards it. I mean, we've covered a lot here. There are still places that you can hide, of course. There are still places where you would be feeling things. And I mean, we could probably even create a, an inquiry section. And that would be a bit more metaphysical or a bit more nuanced, which would be things like, how do you feel when you've forgotten to be conscious of yourself? Or how do you feel... When you're being egotistical and gratifying your lower needs or your lower impulses rather than your higher consciousness. How do you feel when you forget that self-knowledge is important? How do you feel when you forget to contemplate and watch yourself? And those would be sort of the beginning of a whole range of different questions we could ask that would inquire into the part of you that's hiding still, a part of you that is not included 
It sort of escapes this emotional profiling blueprint because of its limits. So have a go with that. I know I've talked about this before. I've many times mentioned emotional profiling in many different episodes that I've shared and conversations that we've had. And I just thought I'd give it its own time here and really make it clear. So when I say emotional profile, now you know what I mean. It's quite complex. It's quite vast. We can look at changing your emotional profile. We can look at navigating your emotional profile. We can look at enriching your emotional profile. We can look at expanding your emotional profile. Look at the range of emotions you have. Look at the depths and the heights and the intensities. And if you've written out an emotional profile, well, then you can assess that very easily. What sort of range of emotions do you have? And where are they occurring? How are they occurring? And what are you thinking to yourself about these feelings? So I sincerely hope that's something that you can work with and something you'll find useful. So thanks very much for listening and have a beautiful day wherever you are. And that's all I have to say for now.